Welcome to episode five of Deep Dive Conversations. Today, I am joined by my friend from high school, an old friend of mine, Jessica Spadafora. Hello. <laughs> um, so we know each other from high school. It's been a little bit of time. We graduated in 2015, I think. Yeah. Um, so then it's just been a lot of school. I'm a dental hygienist now. Um, I'm dating somebody actually from our high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of the same old same. How's that just going? Work. Yeah, just working. Yeah. Now that it is a thing, working, puppy training, and trying to run a business and sleeping. So trying to juggle everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got like a new um, like health diagnosis a couple months ago, but that's like a whole a whole other thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely time. So did that come back? as you having it or yeah it came back as I have um I have chronic neuropathic pain so it's a type of fibromyalgia which is like what three-year-old has fibromyalgia right yeah. Um, but yeah so that's why it was kind of like a really like bizarre like diagnosis but it ended up coming back as um trauma-induced fibromyalgia because I went through like a really bad time of like like a borderline abusive relationship um I was somebody tried to rape me um, just like really bad times a couple like five to six of my family members passed away suddenly so it's just like a really tumultuous time of like five or six years yeah so after that I guess it kind of caused a little bit of nerve damage wow um, I'm sorry to hear that yeah I mean it is what it is right so now it's just kind of getting back to normal but yeah it was like who like that's normal that like an 80 year old woman has right (laughs) 20 year old but that's insane that's crazy that um like from my schooling and everything I can't remember too much about like stress induced like actual like manifestation into these like nerve damage neuropathies and stuff like that oh my god this is the first yeah yeah, I actually um do you remember Holly Baker yeah so I actually see her she's a massage therapist she's going to school to be an osteopath oh so I see her and so she was saying that for the most part like fibromyalgia is like pretty hard to treat because it's so random like with the nerve pain right like especially when it's like trauma induced it's just kind of like what's triggering it you have to find those triggers and it's so generalized that it's hard to like pinpoint right yeah so but yeah it's just it's just a wild time yeah wait get one second okay go ahead okay um so was it uh, like anything medical that you can that can help it, or is it just like physical therapy? And so it's basically it's so like how they basically explained it because obviously from like the medical like part of dental hygiene school that you have to go through, you mm-hmm. learn a little 
about like how mental health affects like your oral health and how like your diet affects your actual physical health so like it's a lot of just like you basically have to hit all of the bases of like you have to go to have like a therapist you have to have a physiotherapist you have to have a massage therapist like you have to basically have a little bit of everything like you're supposed to be on like certain medications you're supposed to be working out like it's basically like a whole like lifestyle change oh wow yeah but I mean it's not progressive okay. so I would way rather have like a lifestyle change than be like okay you're being diagnosed with like MS and like in 10 years you won't be able to walk which would mean I have to career right yeah so wow well that's good I mean there's that that light at the end of the tunnel for that right yeah for sure well if you want to talk about your business I'd love to hear about this business you're starting Mm -hmm. so basically what it is is like you normally like you go to the dentist most people go to the dentist like every four months six months not um and then you generally you see the hygienist and then the dentist comes in for like five ten minutes and then just Mm -hmm. check a cavity um or something else going on so when you're a hygienist you can take like specific avenues like you can be just a clinical hygienist which is what you become straight out of school which is the hygienist you see at your dental office or you can specialize and then become like self-initiated and then do other types of certificates basically on top of that Mm -hmm. a girlfriend of mine and me both decided like we this is like the first year that we could actually become self-initiated. So when you're self-initiated, you have your own business out of another practice where there's a dentist that's contracted in instead of the dentist owning the business and you working for them. Mm-hmm. And then you put your own patients. So you can have more patient-directed care instead of it being like the dentist owns the office. He decides how long you have. He decides what you're talking to them about, what you're treating that type of thing yeah instead like when you're self-initiated you have like really client-based care Mm -hmm. so now I'm slowly transitioning because right now I'm in Ancaster and I'm at like a really high-end office and we have a lot of patients who come from like out of state like come from like North Carolina California specifically to see him to see us so I'm learning a lot of like cosmetic dentistry and like anti-aging dentistry so that I'm fully phased out of the dental office. I can specifically treat people for what they want, right? Instead of you come to the dental office that you get a cleaning that it's like, okay, yeah, that's it. And you don't have any cavities. Now you can leave. Yeah. Right. So it's really like specific and you can really like, directed towards what your patients want like somebody can come in and they can say like I don't like the way my teeth look I want them to be a little bit straighter or like I've never like I've never really liked the way my teeth look but I don't know why and then you can kind of work with them through it or at a general office you don't have time to do that because he's directing how you treat patient care yeah because it's going by like a schedule right 
Yeah, and the office is owned by him, right? Like, there's not a lot of jobs that your boss owns the office and also works right next to you, right? Yeah. So they're watching what you're talking about, watching what you're billing, like watching everything go on. Yeah. And so for me, like my boss is great. He's a great dentist, obviously, if people are flying in and out to see him. Mm-hmm. But it just, in the end, I want to see people who I can really dive deep into like your teeth could be a little bit like wider. They could be a little bit less ground down. So you're not getting like these smile lines that you're getting Botox to fix, but you're grinding your teeth. So it's not preventative. You know what I mean? Like you're getting lip filler, Mm -hmm. but you're actually getting those lines because you're grinding your teeth and nobody's telling you that's why you're getting those lines. Mm. So like, there's like a physiological like, thing for like everything. Yeah, like a lot of people don't think about that. Like all of the all of your face, like your whole facial structure mm-hmm. starts with your mouth, right? And your jaw. So when your jaw and your mouth starts to be held weird or starts to collapse, then your lips fall in, your cheeks sag, your jaw sags. So if nobody's watching for those things, nobody's like calling you out on like these potentially like bad oral habits you have Uh you don't know how do you prevent that right and no dentist has time really to watch the 2000 patients they have for that but a self-initiated dental hygienist does have time for that because you make your own schedule and it's more client-based care yeah that sounds awesome yeah so I'm pretty excited I mean it's definitely gonna be it's definitely a learning curve, right? I mean, not a lot of people work completely on their own with their own patients at 23, right? You're normally still in college or university or learning under somebody at 23. Yes. Definitely a big leap, but I mean, I started hygiene school at 17. I graduated at 19. So I've been working under like I would say pretty high educated dentist for a long time so I feel like it's just at this point dragging my feet to not like take that leap of faith yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome that's so great I'm excited I'm we'll be very happy when COVID's over so it's not so crazy out there but you know so are you governed under like a certain college by being by yourself or do you have like your own set of rules that you can kind of abide by? So we're governed by the CDHO, which is the College of Dental Hygienists of Ontario, but you have to have a certain amount of hours met of working under a dentist to be able to be self-initiated. So then once you have those hours, you send that in and then they check it to make sure it's true. And then they send you like a stamp of approval saying like, you've done your hours, you can now work by yourself. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. At 23, look at you. I know it's a wild time out there, but yeah. That's awesome. That's really good. I love seeing, I I feel like I see like, I know we talked about SCM a little bit. Um, I see a lot of people like entrepreneurs coming out of SCM from our high school. A lot of people just kind of doing their own thing and creating Mm -hmm. small businesses and it's awesome to see. It's really cool. 
I kind of wish I like. Yeah, definitely. And I think now is like a good. Yeah, I think it's a good time for that, though, right? Like, it's a it's a changing time of like the old school view of like you have to fit into like this box or like you have to do yeah. this and it has Monday to, to Friday night meet this criteria. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think Kevin and Rod were really helpful in like me and Matt kind of seeing that because I was always a very like you go to college, you like you graduate and then you get a job because that's how my household is. My parents are very strict, very old school European. Mm-hmm. And I know what like Kevin and Rod took that leap of faith of being like, no, like I'm not going to be like just this nine to five, like making average money. I was like, I don't know how good of an idea that is. Like, unless you're going to really, really hustle. And then once I saw like that drive and that hustle in their eyes, I was like, you know, like it's, it's a time that you really need to like make a change. Like you need to believe in yourself and really like take that leap of faith. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I hadn't been around people who are really like inspired by like, you don't want to just work for somebody who like just treats you like another, like ninth in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. Would I really thought would I have really made that leap of faith? Cause I was always the type of person who was like, I'm going to keep moving up the ladder. Mm-hmm. But I know for myself in my household, when I was like, I'm going to be self-initiated, I'm going to work in my own practice. My parents were like, whoa, like pump the brakes. Like you're still like a child. You're not going to run an office by yourself. <laughs> but like being around people who made that leap of faith when their parents were kind of on the same wavelength, I was like, no, like if I'm going to do it now, or in five years, now's the time instead of having like a house and three kids, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely helpful to be around people who are like, no, like you can do this. You just need to commit. Like, don't like jump and then like, co- like be afraid of jumping. You need to jump and like really commit to that jump and then do it because you know you can do it. You yeah. just need to like really love this job and really do it full force. That's really good. Does Matt have his own business too? Is that what you were saying? So Matt is an electrical apprentice. He's a third year electrical apprentice. Um, But in the last year, so he was working for a family member of mine in Burlington as an electrical apprentice. And then a better position came up in Kitchener for him in a union. So then it was like, so they called him on like a Wednesday and they were like, Hey, this position came up. It's in Kitchener. So like, it's an hour away. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're taking the job, you need to come and start Monday. So you can't give any notice. And so then we were all like sitting down, like his parents, my parents, like me and him, like, what if you quit this job that you've had for like the last two years and you go out there and they fire you? Like now you have nothing. And so then it was the same type of thing, right? Where I was like, I've made that leap of faith where I was like, I'm going to college at 17. I'm like, I'm get opening my own business at 23. Like, and my parents were like, I don't know. And then Kevin and Rod were like to me, like, you need to do it. And Kevin and Rod were like to him, you need to do it. So I said to him, like, if you, you if you're going to do it, do it now, because you don't want to do it in five years. Yeah. When you guys have more financial burdens I would yeah Yeah, exactly so then his parents were like I don't know like you don't know these people out in Kitchener like you have a good boss now like you don't want to 
like burn bridges basically. And I totally agree. And so then we talked about it and then we were like, you know, like, I don't know when another opportunity like this will come up with like a union, a pension benefits, like huge, huge things. Yeah. So then he ended up like taking the job. He quit from his boss and his boss was like livid. Like I should have never hired you like, and really, really upset. And like, was this in a, said, a family member of yours? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like really, really awkward. But I said to him like, that's business. Oh. Yeah. Like, we're not upset at you. Like, that's business. You need to look out for yourself. If he yeah. decided two weeks ago that you were bad for his business, he'd fire you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's good for you. This is good for your life where you're going. So, you need to look out for you. So, then he quit and then he went to his new job. And then, right away, he was like, I don't know if this was like the right choice. Like, it's totally different work. And, like, it's been almost a year that he's been out in Kitchener and he loves it. He is like with the union. Yeah. So it was a good leap of faith, but it was, yeah, like it was, it was stressful. That's for sure. But yeah, Yeah. definitely. Wow. That is crazy. And, and obviously like the repercussion, not the repercussion, but like the consequence of having to like do something without getting noticed and then jumping into something new an hour away, like is a huge jump of faith. Huge. So that's really, I'm really glad that it worked. Oh yeah. 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 That's, I'm really glad. Cause that mm-hmm. would be crazy <laughs> if it didn't, but it does. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so like, I guess mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of my background. Um, I went straight to school to like go into nursing right after uh, high school and I quickly mm-hmm. went for like a year and then realized that was a waste of my time. I realized I could not be in the medical field like I just didn't have it in me um, and I also really hated math and chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> I feel the worst. Um, so I went to school for occupational therapy and physiotherapy assistant. And my end goal was always the same, same thing as you like work up the ladder, work into the hospital. Like the hospital was like the top tier because you get paid the most, you get the, you could get the pension pay, you get the benefits, you get all of that beautiful package. And, mm-hmm. um, and then it yeah. was, just it was a little discouraging I would apply and stuff and not get um, a response back but I got a lot of like clinic responses so I was like you know what let me just like work small like I'll work um, I'll work at a clinic for however long and then you know hopefully work my way up and then just like working at the clinic and seeing like I worked at a clinic for I think two two and a half years and then I was I finally like I was sick all the time and I couldn't figure it out why like I was nauseous all the time puking like Mm. always calling in sick and I know that does not look good at work and I questioned I was like am I like is this is this like what I should go into like I don't know why I'm always like sick and um after like a million diet like doctor visits and and diagnosis and stuff they found out that I had like a autoimmune disorder but it was specifically attacking my liver which makes like no sense. So I completely know what you mean. You're like, I was like, what, 22 at the time. I'm like, how the hell do I have liver damage at 22? Barely drink. Like I'm not a huge drinker. Um, And it just was mind boggling. So that, that like 
accepting that diagnosis and then having to do, you know, like a life change, you know, eating healthier. And like, um, I was on, I was put on steroids because of how high my liver numbers were. Like, it was so bad that I could have died. And I I did not know at all. I was just always feeling like crap. And um, so they finally put me on steroids and then the steroids completely, completely diminished my mental, mental health. Like, completely I don't like it just affected it in the worst way possible I was gaining all of this weight from water retention um, due to the steroids and so that was uncontrollable as well and then just overall miserable it did help my liver so I do appreciate that Um, and then I was um, put on another medication so like long story short I was missing a lot of work and due to like my mental health declining, um, I was going into work with, you know, already a decline, like a lower than normal mental health yeah. um, level and being at the clinic. So I would, um, so as was, I was a physio assistant and so I would, you know, talk to patients every day, 30 to 40 patients a day. And I was kind of like, it was a motor vehicle accident clinic. So it was like primarily people that were affected by motor vehicle accidents. So it was almost like I was going in every day and being someone, someone's therapist, like every day <laughs> for 15 minutes of the day, a different person, every 15 minutes, I literally just felt like I was already mentally drained and then like completely being like pulled more. And yeah. that's because it like, I couldn't separate it. Like I can't be just business, just work. Like if I see someone hurting, I can see that they're in like some type of mental turmoil. I'm always like there to like help them and be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like talk to me. You can let it out. You can vent to me, whatever. So not realizing like how much that took a toll on me. It was just accumulation of everything. And then COVID happened. And then um, I just like mentally couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. And um, I just like, it was best for my doc. My doctor put me off of like a few months of work. And then due to my autoimmune in- insufficiencies, just like, it was more of a risk for me to return to work. So um, so I was let go eventually um, due to COVID-19 related reasons, because they didn't have like work available for me for- from home. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, that, that was when I would say I took my leap of faith and started my like small businesses that um, have like really brought me joy and helped me out of those really, really dark times. Um, like just photography, it was like photography. And then um, I do my cupping therapy as well. And that helps me because I still get that like therapeutic touch. Like I still have that relationship but then I also make time for other things that make me happy like my crafting and stuff and when that um you know sells or whatever when I sell my products that I've personally made like it makes me so much happier than going to a job a stable full-time job you know what I mean like it was just so much more fulfilling doing what I love than realizing that that's what I love than than going to work for someone who like clearly didn't value me you know yeah even like pay like pay wise like I I knew I was worth more and the work that I was doing was definitely like definitely deserved more 
Um, so I just like decided to, you know, take a leap of faith and believe in myself and be like, I deserve better. And although it's not, um, you know, blowing up as much as I, I hoped it would, um, I'm still like doing little things here and there to ensure that like, um, you know, my bills are paid and stuff, you know, here and there. So I definitely understand like that big leap of faith to take a chance on yourself is something I feel like new to all of us like we were never really taught that to you know rely on ourselves and and trust that what we do is good um and what we do is like good enough so it's it's really good to hear that you know other people are you know going through the same thing and just like thriving and that makes me so happy <laughs> yeah for sure but yeah. yeah it's definitely a time of like change right it's like yeah. every time like in their own boat thinking like is it just me or is like everybody else kind of like not loving what's going on out here and then you're like yeah. oh like and go on like social media and all these platforms then you look at a lot of these posts and you're like oh my god it is just me yeah. right because a lot thing. of yeah. posts, like there's at the beach and like they look like they've lost 20 pounds right and like yeah. then it creates like snowball in your head right and then it definitely is good to have like people who bring you back down to earth where it's like no like that person is also struggling you just don't know it right exactly yes that's another one like huge number one thing I mentioned in my last episode is like comparing ourselves to people on social media is so detrimental to our like overall health and wellness in general and it's but mm-hmm. so easy. It's sad that it's so easy because it's become so like um kind of like autonomous, like by itself. We don't even realize that we're doing it. But we look at these photos and see other people's lives and like 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 I said, like I'm one of them as well. Like I'll only post my good stuff. No one's gonna post their bad stuff, right? I mean, I try to be as transparent as possible on like mental health wise because that is very important to me. Um but in terms of like, you know, the good things happening, you, know, you want to share with your friends and family. But then it's very true that behind the scenes, not everything's perfect, right? As it seems. And um, I know I had to go through that a lot, trying to just, you know, be content with where I am right now and not to be like, oh, look at that person and what they have. And they're, they're younger than me or they're the same age as me. Why don't I have that, right? Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like COVID has humbled a lot of us too, in that sense that where it's like, none of that matters if you're miserable, right? Like if you have this huge house and now you're quarantined in it, but like you're not surrounded by like people that love you, then you're just kind of like, why, why did, why do I have this big house for? I feel like we'll have probably, I don't know, probably or probably not. We'll see (laughs) when we can go out more but yeah I feel like and I also feel like COVID also has affected you know mental health in every circumstance because of that Uh, a lot of people's mental health was like uh tested for sure oh for sure yeah because then it turns into like I know for myself because I wasn't working in the beginning and I was lucky that one of my really close friends is also a dental hygienist Mm -hmm. and in the beginning the both of us were like oh my god like free holiday like you know what I mean because in the beginning it was like 
not really taken that seriously like it was like oh like it's just kind of like a flu there wasn't really a lot known about it Mm -hmm. and then both of us had like this like breakdown of like is this ever gonna end like it's been like two months and we're not going back to work and we might not go back to work for like who knows how long and then we were both like this might not like there was a point where they were like we don't know how dental will ever go back to normal. Like, how will you work in somebody's mouth when this is spread by like bodily fluids Fluid. and like by breathing, right? Yeah. And so then we were having like a literal like mental breakdown of like, we thought this would be like a month, maybe two months, and then it would be like blown over. And then we we're like, this is not ending anytime soon. And then we we're like, this is like, once like once the days start to like tick on and on of like it's not nothing positive's coming out right and like still right it's been almost in March it'll be two years like two years have gone down like just like it's it's good and then it's bad right because I think to myself like two years have like gone by and like it's been like um it feels almost empty but then I look back and I think like two years have gone by and I've like stopped using my phone so much a girlfriend of mine has is having a baby and before COVID she was like super stressed and super busy and on all this medication and like because of COVID she lost a lot of weight and her doctor told her she'd never be able to have a baby and she's having a baby her baby will be born this so like all of these things that kind of brought people back down to earth of like your job and making money and like social media and like what the Kardashians are doing are not the most important things in your life yes <laughs> I love that Clap <laughs> but yeah no it's definitely like yeah it, I go back and forth like some days I'm like Matt like are we ever gonna go out to dinner in a restaurant inside ever again and then the next day I'll be like like I'd be happy if we didn't ever have to like go to like these big crowded stadiums again you know what I mean like Me and it is like it's so back and forth right but I'm so like that I feel like my social skills have kind of diminished like I'm okay with my friends but when it comes mm-hmm. to like big groups of people I'm like I don't like this like there's just too many yeah. people around yeah, I mean, unfortunately, well, I mean, I guess not unfortunately, that's just me, like a lot of people, I get a lot of patients in who say like, their social anxiety is just like, before it was like a snowflake. And now it's like a huge, like snowball, like it's just crazy. Yeah. And like, for me, I guess, we're lucky, like for dental hygiene and dental, like after we got shut down the first time, we never got shut down again. And like, you're talking to like 10, 15 people every single day, right? Mm. So you don't really get the time to be alone and get like awkward to like, oh my God, now I have to talk to strangers again. Like I talk to strangers every single day. Like I know (laughs) strangers better than I know some of my cousins. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, like that was definitely like a, a kind of like I guess hidden benefit is like a lot of people didn't have a lot of social interaction during COVID mm-hmm. where like I feel like I was like over socialized because I was seeing people who weren't getting socialized and they were only seeing us every three months so then they were like yeah. oh my 
tell you like my dog did blah 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 like they're so excited to see somebody right because uh, they can't see their they can't see their sister like can't see anybody right uh, that's so wild that's so it wild is. yeah the it's definitely like so crazy to think like like what a time to be alive like during our lifetime we had to go through this I feel like it's so weird because I can't imagine how the kids feel like the kids not being in school and like losing death like a year of learning in school yeah. like, and how everything had to be online it was just wow like I wonder kind of like I know it's not like anything that we could have done to prevent it much but I mean I wonder what it will be like in the future with the children the generation that grew up yeah I wonder like what normal will look like post COVID because like I've had a lot of students who say they'll never like no no matter what the like government public is saying they'll never go out in public again without a mask and like three years ago if you saw somebody wearing a mask out in public you'd be like what is that person doing right yeah you'd be like is that person okay (laughs) you or you are sick yeah. yeah yeah exactly and but yeah like I've seen a decent amount of people who now because of COVID and like being so cautious they're over aware of like what you're touching at the grocery store touching the gas handles like all of these things right and now they're like overly aware and it's like three years ago you didn't get like the flu and die you might have gotten like the flu or you got a cold and you were fine but now they're aware and they're like overly afraid so they're like no I'll never do that again like I'll never go in public again without a mask and so it's starting to make me like what is normal after COVID going to look yeah hopefully a lot cleaner because when you think about things that we used to do like even like bowling they don't clean they don't clean the shoes that you wear (laughs) no I know so much stuff that like you think about like 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 touching the food at the grocery store like do you always like really wash the food in depth or like do you wash the outside of like potato chip packages like I know (laughs) I know I don't but like like, who touched that right you have no idea I remember like, in the beginning, I would like sanitize freaking everything. I would get like, like my coffee, I would clean the lid before I would drink yeah. it. I don't care anymore. Like, <laughs> not do that anymore. I was like, I thought the world was coming to an end because my one boss post COVID was like, uh, like chicken little, like the sky is falling. He came into my room and I was like, I'm having a bad day. And he was like, okay, well, and this is dead serious, like verbatim. He was like, well, I hate to break it to you, but you're probably going to be dead in three months anyhow. (laughs) Oh my God. Because he was like dead serious, like COVID is coming. Like, so whatever you're having a bad day about, (laughs) it's probably not going to matter anyhow because you're going to die. And I was like, and he was like, go home tonight, get a gun. Cause he was like, I have a gun. Like, I guess he goes hunting. He's like, get a gun and tell your parents, like, if you don't have a dog, because I had my old dog at the time who was like old and free. And he was like, tell your parents, you should be like looking into getting like a pit bull. And I was like, 
if I go home and tell my parents that they're going to think I had like a literal, like mental, like breakdown, like, they're going to be afraid for me. And he was like dead serious. Like he thought I was being ridiculous that I thought he was being ridiculous. And so, and so I was like, this guy's being so ridiculous. Nothing's going to come of this. So I went out that night with a girlfriend of mine. And I was like, cause at the time I was like, take care of his grandparents because they're elderly, they're diabetes. So they, she didn't really want them going out grocery shopping, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, well, I'm just going to go out to see like, if I can get them like hand sanitizer and stuff like that. Yeah. The stores were barren. barren. <laughs> so then I was like, Oh my God, like he's right. The apocalypse is coming. So like I got all the soap I could find, like all this stuff showed up at their house and they were like like thinking I was being ridiculous and I was like no like you can't go outside like use this hand sanitizer put on a mask and then he's like coughing and I was like why are you coughing she's like he has pneumonia and I was like oh my god like you're next you're next like if you have pneumonia and like you're not taking this seriously like you're next and like here we are they never got COVID they were totally fine but I was like I went from like zero to 100 like going to the stores and seeing the stores barren yeah like scary yeah oh my god the worst was the toilet paper why with the toilet paper why was that a thing that was the least of my worries like if we were actually going to go into like full-on like you can't leave your house yeah toilet is so much lower on my list than like (laughs) food yeah food things like yeah food snack water alcohol mm-hmm. anything but yeah no. yeah but yeah no, now how is, he, how is no. he now do you still talk to that boss I he I wish I had a picture that I could send you well I could send you what he wanted me to wear he he has a so he wears a full-on like space suit with he a helmet. A what, sorry? He wears a full-on like space suit with a helmet that pumps oxygen into it. So he doesn't have to like get like contaminated. Are and, you like, serious? Dead serious. I mean dead serious. Like he is totally like thinks like this is the apocalypse. Like he, yeah, he's serious. Like and the patients, every time he comes in, they'll be like, oh my God god like if it's that serious i don't want to be here he'll be like no no like this is for your protection they're like i realize that but if i need that type of protection like i don't want to be here (laughs) yeah like it's a full-on like get i'll have to wear a gown Uh because like you're not supposed to get contaminated from patient to change it but it's a gown with like a helmet Mm -hmm. and then like a tube going into the back like as if like it's an astronaut and it pumps oxygen in there I guess it like cleans the air. Yeah. And then he wanted me to have one. And I said, no, because the mask I have to wear is like an N95 mask. And I have like a small hard time getting a mask that would fit me. Mm-hmm. So then he would just buy you like the helmet, like I wear. And I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> like a mask. Yeah. Or a smaller mask. Yeah. Yeah, so no, he's still not taking it very well. But I mean, at least he's working. 
and yeah he's like he thinks that he's gonna wear that like for the next couple of years like he his boy has four kids and they're like I think they're between the ages of like 10 and 19 he does yard work with that thing on are you like cuts the glass because I think he has allergies yeah like so I think he I mean, it's not a bad idea, I guess. Like, because it's filtering the air. Yeah. And if he's cutting the then he won't get a... Yeah. But, like, his poor wife. Like, she must be like, oh, my God, here we go again. Like, she uh-huh. must have saw the pandemic come and, like, I don't know if I can do this. Because I know for sure I couldn't have lived with him. Like, he's... Yeah. No, like... Yeah. I wonder how his immune system is going to be if he decides to ever take it off. Because your immune system is going to be acclimated to a certain type of like cleanliness after that point right (laughs) oh yeah I mean I don't know I I just on Wednesday I gave my two weeks two weeks ago yeah because I was moving to Ancaster permanently Mm -hmm. so I won't know (laughs) I will never know in two years when he takes it off if he like can no longer breathe normal oxygen yeah, but, yeah. Just, like he needs like astronaut space oxygen oh my god it honestly wouldn't surprise me if he chose just to work in that now because he thinks it's like the best thing ever like it has like magnifying glasses on it and a light yeah it's it's quite the setup he has I mean I wouldn't say the patients really appreciate it because <laughs> I know I would I would be scared but, I would be like who is yeah. this guy yeah like the children like young kids yeah they are like what <laughs> is going on yeah but that's insane yeah that's pretty funny um so let's talk about women empowering women I'm really enticed to hear um your thoughts on because I know you mentioned you know like being in terms like in the beginning when you're talking about how like men have certain more like more abilities than women in certain aspects Uh uh-huh yeah I mean I'm just I don't want to say a man hater I am a I like as you know like I'm not much different personality wise it as in high school I'm still very outspoken I'm still very like stubborn (laughs) but I just really don't appreciate like the typical like I hate to use the word toxic because I just feel like it's so overused but like toxic masculinity yeah toxic guys like it's not deal and it's like it is a big deal you're just like brushing it off yeah you know what I mean and I feel like the older I get the more I noticed things that like went on when I was younger that were like really, really not okay. But I allowed because it happened so much that I was like, I mean, I guess it's okay. What am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. What would you, if, if you can, if you're open with sharing, what would you say like one of those experiences were? I mean, when, when I was in high school, this is like a well-known story to my friends because I purposely like brought it up to be like do you remember this and they were like no I don't remember that and I was like exactly because you're guys you don't have to remember it Mm -hmm. so we were at like the group of us like the guys and myself and a couple other girls were at a high school party 
and I had like ventured off unfortunately by myself yeah and then somebody grabbed me and pulled me into a back room and I was not somebody who was like down to like get like frisky or anything you know so I was like hey like I'm not sure what's going on here yeah and so eventually what like had happened is he pulled me into a back room his friends were in that back room they pinned me down and then held the door shut and locked the door and I was like like I'm not into this like let me leave yeah and two guys in the room were actually two of my guy friends and I was like like I like what are you doing and so like basically pinned me down tried to take my clothes off and I was like distraught and then eventually a guy that knew me at the party came looking for me because I was not around like it wasn't a huge party yeah and he actually knocked the door in and then I got up I ran out of the room and then when I got up and walked out of the room the guy who actually pulled me into the room walked up next to me and came up to me and was like send your friend in next and I was yeah so I was really really distraught and I actually never I never told my parents I never told any of my friends I just brushed it off because for me I was like I would say I was manhandled a lot like I had a teacher in high school like watch these guys like pull me into the boys change room and he was like totally like didn't care and then actually my boyfriend at the time and a a guy friend of mine confronted him were like why are you like not doing anything like you see like these two guys like roughhousing with a girl like that's not cool and then he was like like literally like boys will be boys like it's not a big deal (gasps) and so yeah so then after that party night event I just carried on I was just really distraught um it actually then led into me dating somebody later on in high school who like everybody was really not a fan of and it was basically what I had explained to my friends later on in life was like the pitbull effect of like nobody was there like to protect me when somebody grabbed me and was like literally trying to rape me but this person who was like a really aggressive really angry really like like scary type of personality who then I was dating then it became like this bubble around me of like nobody's trying to pull me yeah nobody's trying to pull me into the bathroom anymore nobody's trying to like like grab my ass nobody's trying to like do anything inappropriate to me because they're afraid of him it's not because they respect me it's because they're afraid of him oh my and so then I was like this is this might not be love this might not be safety but it's close enough because I feel better now and so then like years and years later because obviously me and that guy didn't end up dating for much longer Mm -hmm. still we're like if somebody was getting raped the party, I would know. And I was like, should I like tell them? Should I not tell them? Because for years they were always like, I don't understand why you ever dated like that guy. Like he was just so not like you. And he wasn't. And I knew that. Mm-hmm. And so then I said to them, like, this event, you were all there. 
you never noticed I was gone. And they were all just shocked because I was like, you guys never have to worry about is somebody looking at me? Is somebody following me? Is somebody like touching me inappropriately because you're guys. Yeah. Yeah. All you have to worry about is when you have a girlfriend, people leaving that girlfriend alone. And for the most part, just like when I had a boyfriend, it didn't matter if I didn't like it. It only mattered if he didn't like it. And that was enough for another guy to stop. Even though it was very well known, I didn't want to be touched. But when he said she doesn't want to be touched, then I was like, okay, bro, that's fine. Then I won't touch her. So like when I talked to them about that, then it like really like got the gears in their heads turning of like, am I around guys like that? Like, am I somebody who would just like obliviously be like, because they honestly, like we had an open open conversation about it. They were like, I saw those things go on all the time, like in passing of like people catcalling girls or like people grabbing girls. And like, they were like, I honestly never even thought maybe she doesn't like that. Wow. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And I said to them, like, you never thought like, I know Jess, I know whoever, right? Like Tia, Aisha, Bella, Nilo, whoever, like these girls that they were all around. Mm -hmm. And like, I know them. I don't treat them like that. So why does this random guy feel like he can treat them like that? Yeah. And they were like, I just never really thought about it. And I was like, that's the problem. That's the problem because it doesn't, it, you don't have to think about it. We all have to think about, is somebody following me home? Is somebody like being too like close to me at a party? Is somebody whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't have to think about that. Yeah. And then I was just like, enraged because like the older I the older I got it was like the more you understood aggressive. no it was like the more aggressive because then once I really came to terms with what had happened uh-huh. I noticed that guys who were like that in like their younger years yeah and it was never addressed mm-hmm. become like full-blown like abusers in their young 20s and so like as a like as a group we were all like just sitting and like thinking and talking about how like do you like do I as a person make excuses for somebody that I think is my friend and say like oh it's okay that like Matt does it because he's my friend but like it's not okay that your friend is like has like rapist like tendencies you know what I mean Right. And so we were like, are you making excuses for somebody because you're thinking like, oh, like so-and-so would never do that. Mm-hmm. But the proof is right in front of you. He would do that. And you're like openly allowing that. And yeah. then we were all just like, oh my God, like we are allowing that. Like there are people like around everybody. There were people around me. There were people around Matt. There were people around everybody who were like, oh, well, you know, like it's just john it's just mad it's just mitchell you know what i mean mm-hmm. because you he wouldn't hurt me even though you see them being inappropriate mm. yeah so yeah it's definitely like 
growth is not a great time. That's it's something that fun. in, in yeah. adulthood come to learn is that like you think like growth and like being woke or like whatever you want to call it is like fun. It's really not. It it comes with a lot of like disturbances and like pain of being like, mm-hmm. wow, like that was not okay or like that's not okay and I need to stop doing that, right? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so sorry you went through that. That is so disgusting. Like that, yeah, that when you're younger, you don't really realize what's going on and you don't, you're not hyper at that point, you know, when you're 17, 18, going to parties, you're not like hyper aware that you need to have, you know, you're like all eyes open. Yeah. And being super, super aware of like people are around you. Cause like, that sounds so terrifying. Like I, I, I remember being grabbed and stuff at parties and clubs and like, I don't understand the fact that like you said, some guys just were just like, Oh, I just never thought of it. Like, I just would love for roles to be reversed for like a day. Yeah. Like let us cat call you, let us grab you, let us, you know, be the, um, more like, uh, forward the aggressor aggressor, yeah yeah, in the situation and like see how you like it yeah that it boggles my mind that some some like even that teacher that you said will say boys that will be boys like no like teach your boys to be better don't say Mm. be boys like teach your boys to become men that respect women because your men don't have to think about um walking to their car late at night making sure they have a weapon on hand just in case men probably never even think of that or eat or going into your car and locking your doors right away because someone will see you being alone and think you're vulnerable and then try to come whatever right just being cognizant of what you're wearing no matter what function it is because you don't want to be um you don't want to be like a in quotations keys God forbid something happens, right? Because that's the mm-hmm. first thing they look at is what the woman was wearing, not yeah. men did, what the man did. And that like gets me going. Like yeah. that is, that's something that I've been, or, like that's something I've had an argument with about like with my parents, with like older people, like that is just like an ongoing, like, like people feel like if you have slept with somebody, even if you've slept with a thousand people, like you can do whatever you want and decide today. I don't want to sleep with you though. And that's still being raped. Like you can be out and about and being naked. You can be sleeping next to somebody and be naked. I understand like it's starting to like, you feel like maybe it's like crossing a line or whatever, but like there should be standards of like, you're also a human being too, as like a man or as whoever that is doing the inappropriate behavior. Yeah. And like, there's no reason why, like, that's something that I feel like is said a lot is like, well, like we both know, like she wouldn't have been upset about like sleeping with somebody or whoever, but like, you can get raped if you've slept with a thousand people before. That's a fact. Like, because today you decided you didn't want to sleep with that person. Like, yeah. Yeah. And even if you slept with that person a thousand times, if you said no, and they still force themselves on you, whether you're in a relationship or not, that shit is still rape. Yeah. And that's another thing, like, like, yeah, just having to learn all of those things growing up. I totally understand, like, the things that we put up with when we were younger and allowed and just realizing that how much 
it's wrong and how much like like injustice happened because we didn't know it was wrong and yeah it it makes me so mad that like yeah those people will never see justice or the sorry will not will never be able to kind of level the playing field because it's just never going to be um like either brought up again or like if it does get brought up again then people are going to be like why are you bringing this up years later yeah there's always the stigma around standing up for what's right and that makes me so sick because even like with people in the the women in the me too movement i see both sides of everything like social media shows you know it's not afraid to show us both sides of the negative and the positive and it breaks my heart like if you're a woman and you're actually lying about like whatever me too movement then that's a different story right but the people that actually are brave enough to share their stories because they don't want it to happen to someone else or they don't want it to um you know let it under the you know sweep it under the carpet like that requires so much strength and courage and should just be immediately locked like knocked down and be like you're lying this is not true why would you say something years later why wouldn't you say something at the time is like do you not understand like people don't understand how trauma works or how anything that um changes somebody's life and it breaks my heart when women come forward and they are immediately shut down like I think that is so disgusting and we need to do better as a society because it is so not fair no matter what like no matter how much uh like feminism is rising i just feel like no matter what it's just i don't know why why it's the masculine versus feminine is always like it's on it's an ongoing battle you know yeah and like i totally totally feel that because i don't I, what I don't understand is like, I try to surround myself with people who are like, I don't feel like there needs to be like a masculine and a feminine. Like we are all human beings, like as a man and as a woman, like I can understand like men have their own struggles, right? Like men struggle with, you have to be manly. You have to be strong. You have to be tall. You have to be like bulky. You have to be just like women are expected to be like, you're supposed to be petite. You're supposed to be skinny. You're supposed to be that. But I just don't understand, like, there's just, like, such this stigma around, like, coming out as, like, you've been raped or you've been this or you've been that, like, as these people who, like, because I know for myself, that's what really kept me from telling anybody, because I knew the first thing that anybody would say was, like, she probably, like, she was probably dressed, whatever, or she probably, like, was flirting, and then it went too far, she was probably drunk, and I just thought, it's not worth it. It's not worth my time. It's not worth any of this. And it's not going to take it back. So Mm -hmm. I'll just move on from it. I'll act like it never happened. And then I will just protect myself. And I know for myself, I have a cousin who's quite a bit younger than me. And she was kind of going through like the finding yourself, right? Like trying to find the like balance between like, am I going to be like considered a prude or am I going to be somebody who likes like is sex positive and is like open to like just having fun mm-hmm. and I feel like you just need to decide what you are okay with and really stick to that because I know for myself in high school like I was just and I know this is like factual because Matt was like I thought you were just straight up like just a bitch and I know <laughs> thought I was a bitch and I was fine with that because like I said to him I was I would rather be 
angry and be bitchy and be like, okay, like stay away from me. Like keep your distance. Like if you do blah, 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 you do whatever, it's going to make me angry. Then let people get closer than I'd like and be sad. You know what I mean? And so that was okay with me to be like not sleeping with people, not doing drugs, not drinking, like not doing like these things that a lot of people were like pushing and pushing, pushing and be like, oh my God, like you're such a bitch. Like, why are you so so salty all the time? Why are you whatever? Because in my heart, Mm -hmm. that was the right thing for me, but maybe the right thing for somebody else is being sex positive. Maybe for somebody else, it's not sleeping with anybody, but like smoking weed and it makes you like be able to like relax. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is for you, then it's for you. But as long as it's really actually for you and it's not just to, to start into, I just feel like as a society, it, why does it need to be like masculine versus like fat? You know what I mean? Yeah. Can this like for masculines not see that it's not okay to like be catcalling a random woman on the street? Like, yeah, you wouldn't want somebody to do that her so why do you think that's okay mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I heard he's not a typical like really masculine guy like he's like a like a little bit heavier he's like and especially coming from the family we come from where the men are like Tony Soprano like super Italian super <laughs> like big bulky like serious like don't cry men don't cry yeah like and- like a really like sensitive like musician like really quiet so like the total opposite of like what I'm sure my dad envisioned like his son being and like that's okay that's Mm -hmm. okay to be like like having mental health struggles and like being a man who's not like this box of a man that everybody expects you to be but like as humans we need to like respect that of like it's just not okay to not be nice to each other, not be understanding. You know what I mean? Yes. And I just don't understand the lack of understanding that. Yeah. Like- yeah. I feel like that has come up so much for me too. I was thinking like during COVID, like don't people try to work on themselves or at least like better themselves in some way or come, some, come from some sort of under, better understanding? And then I, and then you see those videos of people just like freaking out, like maskers versus non-maskers, whatever, whatever side you're on. But the fact that you are like berating someone else, you know, based on whatever you feel is like, you don't know the wounds that that person has and the wounds that they had to cover up to go to work that day, just to be Mm -hmm. screamed at, just to be like called an idiot or whatever they call them. Like it just there's that and then just like people that you know freak out on people during like road rage I am I am um I'm gonna not even be I'm gonna be honest I'm one of them sometimes I can be really bad with road rage but um it comes back to that understanding piece is like it's just yeah right Mm -hmm. that understanding of knowing like this is something right like the the problem with having a fault comes when it becomes like well that's just me you know what I mean like oh well like I have like serious anger I have like a little bit of a violent streak but that's just me you know what I mean yeah. like that's when it becomes like a system like 
passing it down the generations of like a problem when you're like okay like hey like I know like you kind of have some like road rage issues or like some like whatever right like some maybe a little bit too much drink a little bit whatever and then it's like no I know but I'm not gonna work on it yeah right yeah yeah being self-aware and then also like knowing is very different yeah definitely yeah wow heavy talks heavy talks I know I'm a chatterbox talk to so like my patients they probably know me better than Matt knows me like I talk and talk <laughs> I talk I talk to everybody that. I'm very much like that too I remember I did miss that that the patient interaction is something I do miss on a daily basis because yeah you just you hear about different lives and different experiences and stuff and it's really um eye-opening sometimes but, um, oh, for sure. And you like, I know the other day I met a plastic surgeon, she was a patient. And I was like, I've always wondered, like, as a plastic surgeon, can you look at somebody's face and then be like, this girl needs like an eyebrow nose job, some lip filler. And I was like, because if it's true, I don't want to run plastic surgeons. And so I asked her that and she was like, no, like, it's not like something that's obvious unless you like really get into like the logistics of it and she was actually a plastic surgeon for like trauma like as if you've been in a fire car accident yeah and I said to her like do you ever see people who have had bad plastic surgery and she said the majority of her job is fixing other surgeons plastic surgery and I was like that would really, I feel like anybody who's like thinking about like getting something like that, they really, you could maybe pass on that, but like, it's really like, you really don't need it, but you really want it mm-hmm. that I feel like that would scare them off. Cause that scared me right off. Cause I thought like, yeah, you don't want to mess with like almost perfection. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she was saying it happens like more times than not. And I didn't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I hear like a lot of stuff a lot that I'm like, oh my God, I did not know that's true. And they're like, oh yeah. And I'm like, oh, great. Wish I never heard that. <laughs> I wish I didn't know that. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Um, so we're just going over a bit, an hour and a bit. I just wanted to ask if you wanted to shout out any small businesses and stuff that are, um, are women owned and just something I can put in the bio maybe so we can help each other grow. And I didn't yeah. know what your, what your company is going to be called. So my company is, it's going to change name, but I can't tell you the name yet. Okay. It's going to start out as just Jessica Spadafora RDH. And then it's going to change name after there's some work that are being in progress right now, but it'll start out as Jessica Spadafore. Awesome. RDH. RDH. I'll show everything. Um, we'll shout out a couple of businesses. Can, do you want me to spell it for you or just um, shout them out? Um, you can just shout them out unless they're like hard to. <laughs> okay, hard. look. Mm, I don't mm, most of them won't be hard to find there's like a bunch so it's gonna be a long 
list. Okay. The first one is Body Boss Amy. Mm-hmm. Do you want it? Next one is. Sorry, I just want to do like a little blurb about it too, so I can. I want to know what they do. Okay, so Body Boss Amy is um, Amy Castellano. So she does like um, facials and like um, what is it considered? So it's like non-invasive mm-hmm. body covering. So it's like laser lipo, and it's basically for like if you've lost a lot of weight and then you want to basically like thin up your body so you can do it on like your chin your arms your butt I was actually a model for her so she did some of it on me and it was great like awesome. yeah like so it's just not- like tightens and firms things pardon does it like tighten and firm things yeah so like it it like actually burns the fat oh and so it's basically what a lot of like celebrities get done, like Kylie Jenner and all of them, like when they get all these like bizarre, strange surgeries done that they say like, oh, I've never had plastic surgery, but it's because they've never actually had surgery, surgery, and they're just getting all these treatments. So that's like one of those type of treatments. Mm, I'm going to need that after the baby for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Actually a girlfriend of mine got M sculpt. She said that was really good. Amy doesn't do that, but other offices do that. Actually, a dental office I know does that. I'm not sure why, but what is that's it? a side. It's M-Sculpt is like, it's a machine that like hooks up to your, well, I think you can put it anywhere, like on any muscle mm-hmm. and it makes the muscle contract so that you don't actually have to like do the workout. Oh. And I think in like an hour, it's equivalent to like 15 thousand sit-ups or something so it actually what? like makes the grow yeah yeah like she did that it works and for me. yeah she I think she it. yeah I mean it's very expensive I didn't do it but, <laughs> but I mean sometimes you gotta do what makes you feel good right yes for sure okay, okay so that's body next to me yes let me find her handle what is it called b fab aesthetics so that's bianca de video i think that's how you pronounce it her it's like eyelashes teeth whitening and then she does like lash courses so she's done facials for me she's actually doing a facial for my mom they're really really good really like anti-aging she does like actual like light therapy too so it like helps with like wrinkle reduction i'm like obsessive with anti-aging <laughs> I would I don't want to do Botox yeah I, Girl, I you don't need have it. to eventually, but I really don't want <laughs> no but I just really want to get old looking anyhow side note <laughs> um but she did an anti-aging facial for me and it actually like took away the wrinkles like I was there was a noticeable difference wow so yeah so I yeah hers is really good okay the next one is let me see sacred realm so it's so i'm also another side note oh my god i'm like an onion so many layers <laughs> I love uh, it. sacred realm so sacred realm is like all things spiritual so i'm like uh like deep down like hippie like i have all like crystals all over my house i put, like sage burn Okay. you incense burning I had like a bunch of people in a row die I just found myself being like really spiritual and like I saw a psychic and like yeah so this sacred realm is all like 
that type of stuff like yeah. we're say, gonna have to have you back on again to tell me about that stuff I'm very interested <laughs> in five and all that yeah yeah so tell me all about it <laughs> real like so a lot of places you find like their stuff isn't genuine it's mm -hmm. like basically like likes but theirs is real I bought from there and it's like great it's really high quality mm -hmm. and let me see this one is actually it's a new one that I just found but I bought from it it's really nice it's called Mia's Modern so mm -hmm. it's a home decor company and it's like candles like custom made candles and these little like I guess like figurines they would be called yeah so it's like a woman's body figurine and like a man's body figurine and then like an earth figurine they're so cute Ooh. and they're really sturdy and they're actually really good like prices okay and they're all women and I think that's the last one let me see Oh, and I'll shout out this one last one because I just got scrunchies from here. The Scrunchie Barn. So it's owned by Alexis Polidaro. She makes like scrunchies, like the Italy scrunchie and like silk scrunchies. They're mm -hmm. really nice and they're really good quality. My dog chews on mine all the time and it's still in good condition. <laughs> oh, wow, that's great. That's a good customer review. Yeah, I think I follow her. I don't remember too much. Mm -hmm. I don't remember her too much from high school, but I when she followed me, I was like, oh, her face looks familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think she's a year younger. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yay. I'll list those um, Instagram handles in the, the bio and so that whoever's listening can go give them a follow and support some women-owned businesses and women entrepreneurs um yeah. yeah so thank you so much for being on this episode anytime great to have you thank you for listening to episode five of deep dive conversations i know the audio quality in this episode isn't the best and i apologize for that i was relying on a recording um a zoom recording that captured the audio and unfortunately wasn't able to um, adjust it as well as I wanted it to be but I tried my best so hopefully you are still able to make out what we were saying. I am hoping to expand on my audio quality so um, sorry I'm hoping to expand on my audio equipment so that the audio quality is better and as the podcast grows I hope to be able to do that. Uh, I know this episode was really heavy and it was a lot to take in, a lot to digest. I personally think it's really important to have these deep, deep, real conversations with each other so that we get to the root of the humanness in all of us. And women supporting women is something that is very important to both of our hearts, Jessica and I. And promoting women and um, small owned businesses is something very important to us as well. If you are in Hamilton or the local GTA, um, please check out the 
Instagram handles that I have attached in my description and if you could even simply follow if you are not from Hamilton or the surrounding GTA of Canada I hope that you would follow us and help support a small business as it would mean so much to us Um, my small businesses will be included as well and I hope to continue to support as many small businesses as possible going forward and thank you so much again for listening and I hope you have a great one.